We've picked a British film this week on Rewind the Movies and we're looking at 1996 Spotting, A British black comedy drama film directed by Danny Boyle and starring Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremner, Johnny Lee Miller, Kevin McKidd, Robert Carlyle and Kelly MacDonald. It's based on the novel of the same name by Irving Welsh which follows a group of heroin addicts in an economically depressed area of Edinburgh and their passage through life. Beyond drug addiction, other themes in the film include exploration of the urban poverty and squalor in Edinburgh. Train Spotting was released to critical acclaim and is regarded by many critics as one of the best films of the 1990s. In this podcast episode, it's myself, Andrew Owen, James Brigodage, aka Prog, Evan Quick, and Adam Clewellyn from the Vale Cartoon. Without giving too much away, let's just jump straight into the episode. So, with Train Spotting, I watched it as a teenager. But I again, like every film I seem to have done recently, it's another one I probably haven't seen for at least university, I think. So what's that? 20 years? Almost. So I watched it a couple of nights ago and I will admit I loved it. You know, let's put it out there quite early that um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, but I did. And... um. Yeah, it's one of those ones that came out, or I saw it roughly about the same time as Twin Town, and we've done that on a separate podcast. And I just remember that sort of mid to late 90s was really good for sort of British films. And I just remember as well, and we'll come on to it further on in the podcast, that the dialogue in this film made me really appreciate... um, well, yeah, dialogue within films. And it, it just made it sort of really stand out to me. And I'll shut up there because I'm starting talking about some of the things that I really love about the film. But, Prague, I'm going to come to you next because I got a funny feeling you probably would have seen it at roughly the same time as I did for the first time anyway. Yeah, I didn't see it in the cinema, but obviously saw it, probably rented it from Blockbuster when it was uh, released for rental. And um, yeah, I I loved this film back in the day. Um, Do you know what? I I don't think I did rent it. I think I saw it on TV. Do you reckon it because it's heavily on film four? So we're film four sort of behind it. Well, actually, we're film four around then. I don't know. Film four. Film four own the film. They they own the rights to it. Now they own the rights. Yeah, but I think Andrew's question is: Did they? We're film four around in the nineties. It was Polygram that made it back in the right. day. Remember Polygram, that company? Yeah, I yeah. think, I'm not sure about this, but I, I vaguely remember reading somewhere about Film 4 bought them out when they went out of business and now they've acquired all of the rights to their back catalogue, Train Spotting, being one. But I'm, I might be wrong about that. I'm not sure of the, but I'm, I'm fairly sure I read that before. I just remember a conversation with one of our friends growing up and he said, Train Spotting is on on the weekend. And I got it confused with Twin Town, mm. but they came on roughly the same time of, on TV. So it, it, it would have been probably 98. I probably saw this for the first time. So a couple of years after it came out, at least. Um, but yeah, sorry, Prague interrupted you there. No, I saw, sorry. I, all I was going to say is, is that I, I enjoyed the film so much, or I appreciated or liked the film, or however you want to describe it, so much when I watched it that I, it actually made me. Uh, read, buy and read the book. And to this day, it's the best book I've ever read. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the book is unreal. There's, a, there's more characters and a few more minor plots, but uh, you can tell why they stripped it down and focused on these four slash five, if you include Diane, why they focused on those characters, because they are the the central focus of the of the novel but there's more to do with Tommy and uh, there's another minor character in the book as well I, I say minor character there's another character in the book that gets a few chapters as well but yeah the book is unreal I would I would recommend anyone to read the book it's, it's brilliant I do love um, going back and reading a novel after I've watched the film because mm. a lot of people, you know, they always say that, oh, the, you know, the film is not as good as a book, but it can never hold as much a film as a book can. And it's always going to have that. 
So I often like to watch a film first and then go and read the book because you, yeah. you, you just get so much more flavour from it. Yeah, I, I'm the same as you, see, because I, I like to watch a film and then when I read the book, I've got more appreciation for how the film... If the film's good, they've got more, more of an appreciation for the film being good because they've obviously got, as I said before, they've got to strip stuff away to make the film, unless they make in Lord of the Rings, which is like 20 hours long and, you know, four days of your life. But, yeah, I, I've got a lot of admiration for the screenwriter of, of Trainspotting, John Hodge. I think he did an amazing job with this film. I'm going to put you on the spot here now, but do you know what else he's done? John Hodge? Yeah. He's done Shallow Grave, the last film. Yeah, and he's done a few Danny Boyle films. He did A Life Less Ordinary as well, and The Beach. Um, I don't think he's done anything massive after. I think he helped to write Train Spot in two, or T two Train Spot. I think he helped to write the sequel a few years ago as well. So they all, you know, they got the band back together for that one. But he obviously uh, was instrumental in Danny Boyle's early career. Okay. Ad, what about you, Ben? Well, I was obviously too young when this came out. I was only like seven when Trainspotting. When did that stop you before? You were fucking Robocop when you <laughs> that's, were... That's true. You should have said, oh, I was too old when this film came out. Yeah. Well, I wasn't into... Well, I, but I do have memories of it, though, because I was telling this... I was saying this to Prog last night after we watched it there. It, it was like... It was a big film release, I know, because I remember, like, it was in my house on videotape. Like, my, my parents had it on tape. And then they were it was doing the rounds of my family because I remember my auntie lending it and stuff and my parents ended up talking about it. And I was always just like, what the hell is this film? And it was always on TV. Like there was always TV adverts for it, but it's got such a vague title as in train spot. And I, and I obviously I didn't understand what heroin or drugs were when I was seven. So I was always like, what the hell is this film? What is that? Is it a comedy film? What is it? It wasn't until I was about like, probably like 14, 15 when I watched it properly. And um, yeah, this is classic. And it's just one of those films. I don't think I appreciated it until I was much older. Although I watched it for the first time and I took a notice of the dialogue. I don't think it was until I was in university and probably watched it a couple more times that I really appreciated the subject matter. Definitely. So. No, I was just going to say, do you remember the stink about it when it first came out? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got vivid memories of some of our friends in school talking about it and talking about specific scenes. Yeah. But also, like politicians saying how we glamorize drugs, and then when you watch it, and you're like, "Have you, you obviously haven't seen the fucking film?" It made me want to be heroin. There's quite a famous <laughs> politician who said about it, wasn't it? Who and then he later admitted that he'd never seen the film. So oh, he was just it, jump, it, jumping off what the media was saying. Yeah, stuff like that really pisses me off. Like, really does me in. And I, I'm not being funny, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it is probably true to life for some people out there. You know, some people mm. live such grim lives and they are going from score to score. It, it wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, we, we, all four of us on this call, don't necessarily come from, like, the most affluent areas. No. So, no doubt, we probably know mm. of some people that, you know... Oh, but, well, might have been it was, un unfortunately for me and you, and there was one boy in school who... And he got into it very early on, didn't he? The other one who punched me. Yeah, but I well, didn't move. Was, you always, you always seem to get punched in the face <laughs> at some point, though. So didn't go down. Didn't go down. <laughs> not with that, not with that, Joe. <laughs> Took it. That's what it was. Did you, did you smash him afterwards? Then did you no, fall? And, Andrew was a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, I said this before. Uh, Andrew Andrew just watched his life crumble away from him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need to do anything, Ev. It's another reason why I always thought Andrew was Sylvester Stallone from Rocky. Because <laughs> Rocky can take a battering as well. I think I think we've all um no we all know of someone back home that uh yeah. got into the brown the odd the the odd brown stuff like they do Ooh. in this. Can I can we just specify you mean drugs now, yeah? Um <laughs> No, I'm on a banal sex. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I thought you meant brown sauce. The HP brown sauce. Oh, yeah. there's the Geordie. Yeah, I was thinking about his food. 
brown sauce. <laughs> no, I, I, I've got I've got issues with brown sauce. What you wouldn't have brown sauce with your heroin? I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have brown sauce with me shit, let alone bloody heroin. <laughs> brown sauce is terrible. Spoon of brown sauce, spoon of smack, go. <laughs> well, yeah. Which would you rather, brown sauce or heroin? I wouldn't. I'd walk away. I you got to do one. Seeing as I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a drug taker. I probably have to go with the brown sauce, but I'd wash my mouth out <laughs> straight afterwards. <laughs> you got to smoke it though, Ev. Yeah. Well, the well, the brown sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Snort uh, like the brown sauce. And there you go, my drug knowledge summed up <laughs> in a sentence. There. Yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, Ev. What about you, Ev? Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch this until until I was about fourteen, fifteen. But I remember. I remember in school when when it came out, there was a, there was a big buzz around it, saying, "Oh, you know, you seen this film?" And you know, and I always I always remember it was in in Woolworths, the the shopping chain. They uh, you probably remember they had the posters on sale where it was like the rack of posters, and you go through them it was like a concertina type thing. And um, I always wanted the front cover. Just because it was, it was so iconic and it was different mm. than anything else, and um, yeah, it, it was. And I think it, it it added to the, I don't know, like the mystery of the film before I saw it. It's like, oh, you know what? That looks that's cool. one. Of the, I think that's one of the most iconic covers to a mm. film or art artworks to a film. No, definitely. If you look at um, some of the modern covers that you have, right? For films, posters, and what you know, what have you, they're just all the same these days. And if you are right, I just remember it being quite different. The use of orange as well really stands out. Yeah. I can't think of many other films that have used that palette. Let's put it that way. And yeah, I, I I'm with you. I always remember the sort of posters in bloody yeah. all of us. They... You had this poster, and you had what else? Do you have disclosure. That was a great poster. <laughs> 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 Michael, yeah, Michael Douglas was lovely about him, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Sorry, sidetrack, but I—I I, that's just another. That was another videotape in my in my on my in my parents' house. And I just remember like always being like, "Why does that video box make me feel funny?" Like just. you you were parents on Train Spotting and Disclosure and Lethal Weapon Two. They had they had those free films on videotape. I just remember those are the free ones I can find. So, I, I'm just googling um, what the disclosure box looked like. Oh, you would you'll recognise it. It's quite a famous. Yeah, yeah. Just... Is it who, who uh, straddling him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. but Demi that's just... I made yeah. sure to fra- I made sure to freeze that like I was asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. It, isn't that the sexual harassment film? But she harasses yeah. him. Yeah. I yeah. just, it's not a good film. I watched it like um, I, I remember watching it like a few years ago on TV, and I was like, "Oh, it's that film I just that was in my parents' house for years." And I watched it, I was like, "What the fuck is it this?" Was, yeah, but it was it was always to do with Michael Douglas, wasn't it? He was your go-to guy if you had this semi-erotic thriller that you wanted to sort of get good box office. You were just like, "Let's get Mike in." But you, have you seen it? Like, when was the last time you saw it? Like. Oh, not- do you, the, do you remember the Do you remember the virtual reality subplot in it? Yeah, it was something to do with a company when they, they wanted to release it. It's like a sexual harassment drama, randomly with this virtual reality plotline in there. <laughs> they go they go into the matrix. It's weird. Sorry, we'll future rewind the movies episode there, but uh, <laughs> you know, I do you know what I don't remember it at all. I am um, I'm looking at the pictures now of the virtual reality side of it. But, no, um, if I remember right, the end. I, I think you said that your favourite of that time was striptease. Oh yeah, that's a cover, <laughs> but showgirls, showgirls, man, Elizabeth Berkeley or Barkley, whatever her name is. Oh, Jesse, Jesse from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, yeah. ruin my childhood, dude. Demi Moore in these pictures I'm looking at from the film, she looks like Catherine Zeta Jones. Did you guys sort of aspect? When you guys were younger, do you remember when like places like the spa would rent or the happy shopper would rent videotapes? Yeah, but I think we were very fortunate that we did have quite a plethora of um, video shops around by me oh. and Prague. Oh yeah, there was. I had two. I had two on my street. 
Yeah, there was two. There was two in Abbeville as well. But um, no, no, you... I'm not talking about the whole town. I'm talking about my street dad two video shops. All right, Mr. Ardman, be my two video shops on the streets. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> But like, uh, I just remember like, um, the strip- <laughs> I just remember going to the spa or the happy shop or I think it was the happy shop back then. And just, I remember striptease coming out and just seeing like that giant poster for striptease and being like, wow, that looks great. That <laughs> 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 was about 10 or something. That, that must be the greatest film ever made. <laughs> yeah. Just like, it's called striptease, which is Demi Moore fun. God, she was huge back then when she Demi Moore. People loved Massive. it. Back- you know, especially around Ghost and, and all those. Other type of um, film. What was the other one? Decent, decent proposal. proposal. Yeah. Christ. There's a film we should do for the future. That's. It's not, not good. But it's, it's not, not talked good. about much these days, is it? A decent reason. proposal. Yeah. It's fucking crap. I reckon we should do that film. Actually, the plot. We need to do a Woody Harrison film. We haven't done one yet. White man can't jump. That's oh, you're... that's a great film. I love Woody Harrison. He's always good in whatever he does. Kingpin. Yeah, that's but, great. But going back to posters, though, that was this was this this I, I saw the post. This poster was up everywhere as well in Everville, Train Spotting. It was all over the mm-hmm. shop. I always remember seeing it. But I always remember being like, that was the big thing about the poster that used to make me be like, what the hell is this? It's the fact that it all it had all the characters on there named. Like it had like it was yeah. all like and he and they, there was different video boxes of it. Like there was one with rent renting on it. There was a video box with Sick Boy and Begbie. And I was always like, what the hell is this film? Like I was like, is it a but if you notice, Tommy's not on it. And there's no. a reason for that. And that's because he wasn't available. He was on holidays or something like that while they were doing the promo shots. Fucked that up, didn't he? Yeah. Fucked that up. I think... Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sort of going into one or two of my changes here. But I think they could have done a bit more with Tommy in the film. Well, well he does have more in the book. Also, me and Prog watched the, the uh, deleted scenes on this last night because um, the Blu-ray I have of it had the um, had a deleted scenes reel on them, and there were actually originally more stuff shot with Tommy, including one really depressing scene where he's homeless on the streets, asking for change, and he's with um, Spud, talking. They're just talking in there about like yeah, him, going to Australia. Yeah, he's on about going to Australia, and mm. basically he's just a smackhead. And um, there's there's other stuff as well. There's um. There's another, there's, there's another scene with um, Renton and Sick Boy with the sniper rifle. Discuss it um, like later on in the film when they're talking about whether they're going to go to Tommy's funeral or something. Or no, no, uh, Renton's asking if to- if Sick Boy's been yeah. to see Tommy yet, then is he going to go and see him? Yeah. So uh, Tommy is discussed and shown a lot more in the deleted scenes, but I think for I. Based on what me and Adam saw, I think it's all to do with pacing and tone, those scenes being taken out. And um, and Mother Superior has his leg cut off, isn't it? And yeah, like... amputated, yeah. Oh, right. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do that bit, bit when he's like getting... That he's girl getting that... jabbed by the girl, isn't he? Yeah, whose baby dies. I've forgotten yeah. him now. But, um, he said, he's, it cuts to a scene later on in the later scenes when he's in hospital and Renton's like, what, what happened to your leg, man? He didn't... That's not the dialogue, but um, he's all like, well... Hit a bad, it was called. I had an infected artery from jacking up in my leg, and boom, my leg is gone. And then, right at the very end of the film, as Hugo McGregor's walking away, you see a shot of him as a legless tramp on the floor. Remember that bit on the deleted scenes when, like, Hugo McGregor? It, like, it's when, no, it's when Hugo McGregor was going to meet the boys to travel to London for the drug deal. That's right, yeah. They just walk past him on the street, and he's just like legless, junky, smackhead guy. Really, really oh, weird. Wow. Yeah, but, um, I was like, whoa. Some, yeah, going uh, back to the Tommy yeah. scenario, there's the, there's the only sort of criticism I have that all of a sudden, I just think you have the scene with Tommy where he's like, oh, let me try it, let me try it. And then it cuts to a scene and a little bit further in the film and Tommy's got AIDS. Yeah. And it, I just felt it needed mm. something else for me anyway, unless I missed something in between. But. I, I always took that, though, as... And obviously, this is before I read the book, so... Um, I always took that gap with Tommy as a sign of, like, they they just disappear from one another's lives from time to time because they're just getting smacked up. And, mm. and like, with Tommy, I think it's an indication of just, like, how quickly your life can change if you start going down that path. 
Yeah, so obviously for him, it was the worst case scenario in it. Because I think if you look at it logically within the film, what do you think Tommy was doing heroin for about three or four months? And then he gets AIDS. He contracts it from a from one of the needles, perhaps, and then he's probably dead within a year, isn't he? Or two years. Yeah. I, I'd I'd say this film is based over like a year and a half, perhaps. Does it not um does it not say in the book how he contracts AIDS? Then? Food yeah, it's from a needle. needle. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. What I will say to our listeners, if you are gonna do heroin, just smoke it. Don't <laughs> go and make sure. That the syringe you get is very clean, okay? And try and only do it once a week, if possible, as well. That's Don't just uh, lost us loads of fucking... <laughs> <laughs> just say no. Just say no, unless it's HP sauce. Yeah. <laughs> right, come on, let's move on to favourite aspects, and I'll start with mine, and you can jump on my bandwagon. Two things. Dialogue, great. Um, I think it's absolutely spot on. And then the second thing then is the cast. Mm. But specifically, I love the narration of the film. Yeah. Um, mm. And I, I, it just, for me, it makes the film just flow that, that yeah. little bit better. Do you know the opening narration? Uh, Danny Boyle says, has said in interviews that that originally was meant to come halfway through the film. But when they were editing, they needed something to get the audience straight away, so they pulled it to the front of the film and they just like set the tone straight away. So, well, ultimately, it's it's um, it's not. I was going to say it's a flashback, but it's not a flashback. But it's you know, I can see how they would use that in halfway through the film because they do. So it's it's a I think a spot of genius. Then is that that's what they've done is to you know engage with the audience as soon as possible by pulling that in. And then halfway through the film, you're like, oh, that's the bit from the beginning. The, yeah. I'll talk about the intro in a bit because uh, it's my favourite scene. But, uh, I, I love the cast as well and the screenplay. I, I There's not a lot about this film I don't think is top-notch. But my favourite aspect is uh, Danny Boyle. I think he shows in this film how good a director he is or could be or however you want to phrase it. Because what, what was the two films that he did beforehand? It was Shallow Grave and there was there was another one, wasn't it? No, it's just Shallow Grave. I think, he made, I think he directed TV. I think he was a TV director before oh, this. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I think he did theatre as well. Because I always thought there was there was there was almost like a mini a, a mini trilogy type thing because you had Shallow Grave, this and something else, but I can't I can't remember. I can't remember what film came out after. It was it was it was either just before this or just after this. Well, he did, he did a life less ordinary. I really uh, like yeah. I really like a life less ordinary, but it seems to be like a bit of a miss for a lot of people. But I thought it was a really cool film. Like, I think it's I like... quite polarizing. Isn't it? I remember watching it when it came out, and I remember being bored. But that's the only time I've ever seen this, so I, I don't know what I would think about it now. Just looking at his filmography now. Yeah, he so, did Darcy I think, Bustle's new dance. That was one of my favourites. <laughs> I just think Danny. I just think Danny Boyle has a certain directorial style, and I think it lends to a certain tempo within films. Like if you think about this film, I was never bored. Like there was a point last night where me and Adam are watching it, and I said to him, "How long has gone?" And he, we had a look at the timer, and an hour had gone. And I'm talking about like that. Yeah, it was so quick. It just holds your attention, I think, for the whole 90 minutes or 93 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. I might get shot down a little bit here on this, right? But I'm not a huge fan of 90s British films. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm talking the Billy Elliots. I'm talking the Full Monty. I, and to be honest, some of these films I haven't seen. Um, but I just, I, I really struggled with them around this time. But if, if any of them were slightly darker, Train Spotting, um, tr- uh, Twin Town, for example, Twin Town's a little bit different because it's local to where we live. But what about Lockstock? Lockstock didn't watch it until much later, I, until I, um, I was with Rachel. It's one of Rachel's favorite films. It was really mm. random. Um, but I loved it, and I sort of wished I'd watched them earlier. But I, <laughs> what I did was, I was like, oh, it's a British film. I don't think I'd be asked to watch that. 
because I I put it in the same bracket as the full Monty. I'm mm. well, the full Monty was uh, they we had I think the UK released certainly I think the trend there were two trends in the nineties and I think after Train Spot then you had this urban gritty drama trend. Um, trying to be cool when the subject matter was dark. But then I also think you had the other trend of which followed from Notting Hill, where they were trying to be heartwarming comedy dramas. Four weddings and a funeral. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Sorry, that's what I meant. Four weddings, following on from Four Weddings and a Funeral, not Notting Hill. Sorry, but Notting Hill would have come into that bracket yeah, yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. I'm, I'm, with Andy, I'm with Andy on that one, though. Like, I'm the same, like... I can't be fucking asked for four weddings and a funeral and all that shit, man. Like, but like Train Spotting is like one of the um, I, I think Train Spotting and Shallow Grave are like two are two of like the big exceptions. I, I'm not a fan of Lockstock though. I don't like Lockstock. I don't like Snatch. I can't stand them. I find them hard to get into. I don't know why. I like you to have such a strong opinion on a film. I just don't like them. I've never liked Lockstock and um, never been a fan of Snatch and stuff. I prefer Lockstock to Snatch, but you don't like Snatch. Really. I know. First, you're the first person to make that joke, okay? But it's just like you always. Know, I, I, I don't know what's your issue with four weddings. I love four weddings. I think it's really good. That's boring. I, I think it's more the the genre for me. I I struggle with that sort of romantic comedy genre. Yes. Yeah, but you liked Harry when Harry met Sally when we did. I that. did. I did. So maybe I need to go and revisit some of these, or maybe yeah. we need to okay. do them, and I might change my opinion. A lot of them I've lumped into this same pot of films and I've mm. probably gone, oh not gonna like that, I'm not gonna bother watching it. Did you have you like not liked romantic comedies since we went on a double date to watch Notting Hill in the Coliseum I, once? Did I did I, was that me? I think it was you, but uh, I think it was um prior to that I saw sliding doors. <laughs> right. Yeah well that that is quite boring. That's I went all the way to the one. cinema in Cardiff on a train to do a double date, one of, one of my first proper girlfriends, and then about a week too later, she dumped me. I tell you, a really good romantic film. It's not British, but it's a brilliant movie which doesn't get talked about much. But um, I can't. That was be- a sliding nose moment for you, but <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> Go on, lad. <laughs> I am um, a great. I can't title the titles escape me, but um, it's about this this man who's always working, and he finds out it's. He thinks his wife is having an affair. She tries to bring him into his line of work to kind of get closer to her, to figure out like to try like just to try and kind of like get her get it on side and kind of figure out who she is. Do you remember that film? Fuck no! You're being so vague. Who's in it? Jamie First Lee of Cur- all, right, Jamie I Lee thought Cur- this is the woman. Jamie Lee, this is an American film. Yeah, James Cameron directed it. Great film. Oh, True Lies. Oh, True Lies. True Lies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great how is, that, how is that even remotely similar to a British rom-com <laughs> I just thought about a great romantic film that's what I'm all about but... oh, come on someone else says some favourite aspects well you've said the stuff I was going to say anyway but def- for, for me definitely the soundtrack love, yes. love the soundtrack of it. the look of the film is great like the way it's edited together um, but the one thing I Really liked, which I thought was really cool. Like, watch. I never really noticed it before, but um, have you noticed that like everyone, the like renting encounters, whether they whether they're not smackheads, are addicted to something in some weird way. For example, like when he goes into the toilets, he's in a fucking he's in a he's in a bucky's where they're all addicted mm. to gambling. Every character is a drinker, a smoker. They're addicted to some. They have some vice in that film, and they thought that was pretty clever. I was like, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty. Um, Pretty, pretty nice little background detail there. Or maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I thought that was pretty cool anyway. No, I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I wouldn't say everyone in the film. I'd say his peers. Yeah. Because mm. I don't know. I'm trying to think about it. Like, were his parents addicted to anything? Well, yeah, because he says, doesn't he? His mother's a val- it takes Valium. Okay, so his fa- what about his father? He smokes. Mm. Does he smoke? Yeah. They gamblers, they go to bingo. Oh they yeah, go- they do smoke, don't they? When they yeah. when they get him out of the hospital after he's OD, they both smoke. They're, addict- they're addicted. Mm. They're addicted to the love of the sun. That's the, addic- <laughs> that's the big addiction. But um, no, I thought it's just really well. I can't think of a film before this which looks, which is as fast paced edited and like looks like mm. 
this one. Maybe like Goodfellas, maybe not in the same way, but Goodfellas is another one that comes to mind where there's like, you know, there's a narrate there's, no, there's narration and loads of fast edits and stuff. Mm. But so you can definitely tell that he's inspired by Scorsese, Danny Boyle and stuff. But um but I think this does it in a completely different way anyway. So you know. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say that I think with Goodfellas or Scorsese he quite he quite or certainly with some of his films, he likes to let the scene breathe a little, doesn't he? First half hour of Goodfellas is just like bam, 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 just like quick edits and narration, you know? That's what I meant. Little thi- little things for me, and I, I didn't pick up until I watched it now, is like the use of the use of the the music in certain scenes to build the tension, like when um like when when he's going through um his cold turkey relapse stage where he's in the bedroom, and you hear like the you hear the dance the dance music start as soon as, as soon as obviously the the door shut and it's you know it's 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 building up and building up and building up until the until obviously the baby comes on the ceiling. Yeah, um, that, se- that sequence is unbelievable. Yeah, watching that again. Yeah, and there's also there's also little little nods to like um, temptation, in particular because obviously he's got when he's in when he's in the in the nightclub just before he picks he picks Diane up. Um, you got temptation by Heaven Seventeen, but then when when he's in the relapse stage, Diane's sitting on the bed. She's singing um, Temptation by New Order. So it's so it's little yeah. yeah little things like that. Um, and also when the right at the very end, where when you hear Born Slippy for the first time, and speaking of the soundtrack, even me dad loved that song at the time, which I was really which, which I was really surprised at. Um, but but yeah, when he like, it's really clever when when the song builds up and obviously the the beat the beat kicks in, it kicks in just as soon as he starts moving Begbie's arm. Which which is almost like you're building, building, and all of a sudden it's like oh shit moment, and it's you know you you really you're, you're really like nervous and tense on the edge, um, and also it's a, a little thing about that scene is that when he when he picks up the bag, it's little things that like he steps over sick boy, but then goes round Spud, so it's like little connotational things like like he doesn't give a shit about sick. But sick boy, but obviously, obviously, him and Spud are good friends, so he goes around him rather than stepping over him. So I love that. Like... I love that bit where he he and Spud look at each other, and they've already yeah. had the conversation about stealing the money. Yeah. So all Renton does is just give Spud like five to ten seconds to decide whether he's going to come in with him, and he shakes shake, shakes his head. Yeah. So it's already been said. So it's just that's the moment where it's like, right, you're either with me or you're not. And then he leaves. I I really yeah. like how that plays out. Just just a quick question about that scene, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just a fun thing to you know just think about, right? What do you think Renton's excuse would have been if Begbie had woken up? I was just going to count the money. What could he have said? No. Imagine if he, like, you know, because I would have said, "I'm taking my money and I'm going." Yeah, but he mm, Begbie would no. have sprung up and gone for him with our knife straight yeah. away. Like you yeah, can't... no, but you, you hang on a minute now. You asked me for an excuse if I was rent done. So I'm just saying this is what I would have said. I would have said, I'm taking my money because I'm going. I wonder if Renton could have said to him, like, All right, have your money. Maybe I'll tell the guys about what happened in the car last night with your girlfriend, mate. I think Begby would have been like, uh, take the money. And just well, according to Robert Carlyle, um, he says that Begbie's rage is is about his fear of being ousted as a gay man. Yeah, he repressed. Uh, yeah, repressed uh, which Irvin Irvin Welsh then sort of agreed with that sort of statement, but saying that he left his sexuality quite vague in the book. I don't agree with that personally. I because like mm. I don't know. I think it's a bit like it's a bit too like. And that's fair enough if you want to think that. By the way, but for me personally, I don't. I just I don't know. I just don't. I just don't buy that sort of side of it. I don't I don't know why. I just I just think it's a bit too simplistic. Does that make sense? I think Begbie's a whole other fucking kettle of fish, man. Man, just a repressed gay guy. I think there's much more going on there. Yeah, but I think what in terms of like Robert Carlyle, when he comes to like acting the character, he's probably just trying to think, where can I center this rage? Can I give it some sort of reason why he's like that? And he probably just thought 
what if he was a repressed homosexual? Yeah. But then, why wouldn't he have just gone all the way with that guy in the car? Or that transvestite? He doesn't want to accept it. Could... That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's why I read it. Mm. No one can see. But what I don't get about that scene, right? Why does he tell Renton about it afterwards? Right, exactly. Why does exactly. he bother telling Renton that? Do you know what? If I if that had happened to me, I wouldn't tell anyone because I know yeah. everyone would find out. Exactly, yeah. Because you because you know if it, if it happened to you know you'd be like if you if you were out with the boys and that happened you'd be like oh fuck they're gonna rip me raw for this <laughs> you just would be like oh you just if they if they said we're up to that girl be like oh she just started off and you just move on never talk about but, it ever again. You find out in the second film that they were they out of the four of them they're probably the closest because they they. They grew up together and were were in school and everything like that, weren't they? Oh, I, I don't I don't really remember the second one. I yeah. I'm not, I wasn't too I was never too fussed on the sequel to be honest. But um, so I only ever watched it once. I've just never seen it. it so. I really like the sequel. I think it's a very uh, good job of following up on those characters. And do you know that Christopher Eccleston was considered for the role as well of Begbie? I can see really? him having that similar sort of like rage about him. But great actor, know. great actor, but no, I think Robert Carlyle's the best shout there. Oh, yeah, he, he does I an amazing job there. Eh? He's right. got the short man syndrome thing going on as well for him, which works better. For... I just, I love the costume design in the film as well. I just fucking love Begbie's choice of jumper. <laughs> like, he's always rocking a V-neck. Yeah. With no T-shirt or anything underneath. It's just a V-neck showing off, like, a bit of chest here. It's just he's just always on, isn't he? Like Begbie. Oh, yeah. he's always just like up to eleven. Well, we oh. we were talking about it last night, didn't it? He is the worst friend that you could you could have. He's fucking horrible. There's he's a just um, horrible. There's a there's a chap like in Ebbervale. I won't name his name, but um, there's a guy I know just like in Ebbervale. I'm not friends with the guy, but uh, he's just one of those people, right? When you go, he'll come and talk. He'll come up and talk to you in the pub. And you'll respond back to a bit like, I just don't want any trouble. I'll talk back to him. But in the back of your mind while speaking to him, you're like, I could say the wrong thing at any moment. And it's not really the wrong thing. It's just whatever he perceives to be the wrong thing as it, at his choosing. And he could just chin me. Like, he's one of those sort of guys this, this fella is. And beg me to... The last time I ever saw that guy, I was outside that pub. Having a, I used to smoke at the time, having a fag. And he came out and said, can I, can I have a light? I give him a light. And um, I was, he, was, he started to say, tell me how he's girlfriend and kicked him out of his house he then had the pint glass he was drinking from smashed her on the floor started patting himself with all of the glass ripped his trousers up and ripped all of his he had like tracks bottoms on ripped them all up and said i'm off to danny brin which is the um mental hospital or psych uh, mental health hospital in everville and just walked up the street bleeding and with his ass out and i thought that guy's a fucking nut job man and I didn't see him after that for like two years. So I think they just kept him in there. They were like, yeah, you're staying in here for a bit now. Mm-hmm. But I just always remember being like, man. Yeah, but are you, are, are, can you be certified crazy if you say you're crazy? I, I thought I thought it was all about, you can't, you know, you don't recognize him yourself. No, I think that guy was, I think, I think when you're like, I think Begbie is mentally ill. Like, the, yes, there's like a sort of, there's a, there's an antisocial disorder with someone like Begbie, isn't there? Like he's not there's a, normal... a disorder with everyone these days, but yeah, but like let's, let's just put the spotlight on Begbie a second, right? That guy is fucked in the head, man. Like he's just you'll just go up to anyone in the pub and just start shit over nothing. Like that, like that guy he just boots in the face for like spilling his pint to a bit. And... Oh, that seems horrible. Psychotic. He's, there's some psychosis there. Psycho- he's yeah, a psychotic yeah. rage. Rage fueled man. Rage is his disorder. That scene pisses me off, though. I said it to you last night. How his mates, how that guy's mates don't step in. Yeah, but like you were saying that, but I was thinking, but you don't, but some people are different, didn't they? Some people are just a bit more meek than others. And like, I think they were probably just a bit fucking like. They, yeah, but there was London. two or three of them. They're in, they're in London as well. And like people are, you know, people in London, you know, they're a bit softer and they than the Scots. And when you've got like a fucking Scottish guy just booting. Seven shades of shit out of one of your mates. You're a bit like, mm. sorry, Bob, but uh, it's you right now, maybe. I, I I know what prog means, though. You would at least try and sort of mm. like break yeah, it yeah. up a little bit. I know. I'm yeah, just trying to just. Yeah. I'm just I, saying I, yeah. that, like, I can imagine it happening. 
there's not, always that fear, like, you know, do they have a knife or do they have a whatever? And, you know, there is a knife involved in this, isn't it? But, or glass yeah. or whatever. But... Yeah, glasses and first, isn't he? Yeah. Right, yeah. let's move on to scenes. Um, some, Someone's mentioned the overdose scene. Um, oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, no, 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 I the, the getting clean scene. Yeah, yeah, which, which yeah. is great. I, I've got the overdose scene. Only because I remember, just vividly remember watching it for the first time. And you know they they do that bit where he sort of goes into the grave slightly. Yeah. I, I it was the first time I sort of saw that technique, and I, I was just again as a teenager just remember thinking, oh, that's that's an amazing sort of way to do that. Mm. And then the soundtrack or the song over there, the um, Lil yeah. Reed, I think is brilliant. Really, yeah. really good. Mine's the intro. Yeah. The, th- the yeah. first the first three or four minutes of the film, I think it just sets the film up brilliantly. You're introduced to the characters, the tone, the pacing, the soundtrack with Iggy Pop. I think, yeah, it's great. I think it's one of the best openings to a film, personally. Uh-huh. I'll echo that. It's really good. Really, really good. There's so many good scenes in this film, though. Like mm. I, I was saying to Adam last night, I love the scene where they where they've got the the BB gun. Yeah. Ark. There's two mates having a you know stupid talk about Sean Connery's career, and then Renton shoots a dog up the ass, and then Sick Boy has the brilliant I love this line: "For a vegetarian, you're an evil shot." But is Renton a vegetarian though? It's not a KFC in that flat. Well, there's nothing in the film to suggest otherwise. He's not a KFC in that flat. They're in. He's always eating. And he's eating fish and chips later on. You know that that scene yeah, you're on about. He's a pescatarian, can't he? Right, yeah. I, that scene you're on about Prague was shot after um, filming had wrapped. So there's oh, right. obviously an additional scene that they put in. And um, Johnny Lee Miller and... That's his name, isn't it? Yeah, Johnny Lee Miller yeah. and um, Hugh McGregor had been on a three-day bender. And they were literally called back to, um, to film that scene. <laughs> wow. And it, and they were horrendously hangover, supposedly. His accent, though, that's that's quite good considering he's, you know, he's from London originally, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the other thing is, he's obviously got that the whole um, thing behind him that he's obsessed with Bond, specifically. Mm. Well, I was going to say specifically Sean Connery. Sean, but, Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it, it is you know Bond. He is the grandson of Bernard Lee. Who plays M and Bond? Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so just yep, yeah, a little, little connection there. Uh, you got a fact in at least, and yeah, I, um, a little Kevin Bacon moment. It's not my favorite scene, but it's just one of the scenes that always sticks to memory. Is the uh, it was the bit with Spud the next day when he comes and stays after. <sighs> You know, at the breakfast table. It's not my favourite scene. It's just an horrendous scene, isn't it? Like I was watching last night, oh, this scene's fucking horrific. Like, Well, there's a few of them. I, I think it's a brilliant scene, but it's horrendous as well. The toilet scene, the worst toilet in in mm. the um, in Britain or in Scotland, wherever it is. What, Everything what, about it is rank. Yeah. What I love about that uh, scene with Spud, though, and me and Adam were talking about this, is that... You think Spud is in a really bad place because he's shit the bed and it's just gone all over his oh. girlfriend's family. But then Renton has <laughs> just slept with a miner. Oh, yeah. We talked and he fucking turns around in the kitchen, dining room, to see her in a school uniform. Like, who's in the worst spot there? Can I just say as well, I, I said this to Prog last night, Prog said... Um, which one would you rather be in that situation? I said, Spud. I said, you can wash off shit. You can't wash off pedophile, pedophilia or whatever. That's yeah. like forever. Like, mate. Like, can you, you know, like the hangover, like anxiety you get? Can you imagine what Renton's going through in that moment when he sees him in a school uniform? Jesus, that must have been hard. But her parents, though. You know, when he comes in, he's like, oh, are you... Um... Her flatmates or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, "What the hell are her parents thinking?" I know. What 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 she said to them? Do you think? Oh, my mate stayed over. He slept on the. I because I think that's why she made him sleep on the couch outside, 
so that she could excuse it as that's a friend he's sleeping over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but he's a, he's not just a friend from school, though, is he? He's about like twenty five or something. He's and like she's fourteen. Supp- no. Yeah, supposedly. I know she's I not she's in 15. real life. Fourteen, isn't it? Or whichever. Oh, it don't matter. It's the way. Yeah. yeah, it's all illegal. Oh. It's all uh, th- there is another scene I think I need to mention. I think it's horrendous, and it's the baby death scene. Oh, and I think yeah. it's hit yeah. me. It hit me even more. And having kids and blah blah. blah I was going to ask you about this. I was going to ask you and Evan about this because oh, yeah. I, I had totally forgotten about it, and I'd forgotten that they showed the baby. Mm. Yeah. And and the moment it happened, I was like, oh my god! Of course that shit happened, and mm. it's horrible. What? A, doesn't matter whether she's a junkie or what have you, right? That should never happen to anyone. Oh, oh God, no, 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 of course. Can I just ask, though, because I've always wondered, right, okay, I know the baby's in a horrible environment, right, but how does the baby die? I never re- figured, I never... Caught, caught death. Yeah. It's caught death. Yeah, so and what, the, the, the main thing about that scene is that it looks like the baby's been left there or it's gone unnoticed for hours that it's dead. Mm. I think that's the point. Yeah, mm. because, well, yeah, you could tell by the baby's like skin and face and, and lips yeah, and what have you. It's horrible. Like horrible. it's almost like the mother. What's her name? Alison, you said, is it? Yeah. 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 It's almost like she was probably so high for so long, for, so, for you know, for however many hours that her baby died and she just didn't know about it. And then when mm. she came to, she checked on the baby and the baby's dead. And then the scene afterwards, which is like, can you do me a hit? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And we're it's all just jacking grim. up. It's grim. Mm. It's a dead baby in the house and they're just all jacking up. It's like, mate, no. That's fucking wrong, man. I know. And it, it's like, ever, ever since ever since having kids, anything to do with, to do with, if, with, with kids or children in, in vulnerable situations, I can't watch anymore. Prime one for me was the fourth series of Dexter when um when you when you see um you see his son and it's just sitting in the pool of blood when it, when his mom's in the in the bath bathtub yeah. um oh it goes through it goes goes it's going through is now it's, you know what uh, do you know what bro I think I mm. I do appreciate that scene or that image of the dead baby being in there because it's so impactful isn't it do, do you know do you know what Ev I'm gonna say as well I'm Pretty much exactly the same. Like kids getting killed is something I find really hard to like. Yeah. Uh, but, but I remember this. I might have talked about this on the podcast before. But there's a film I watched a couple of years ago. It's, it's like a bit artsy farty, right? But it's called House of Jack Built with um, I've got mm. his name now. The actor, what's his name? The actor Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon's the main star of it, right? It's about a serial killer, and it's about like different stages of his life. And there's a scene in there where he kills this mother and her two sons, and it's horrific, man. And like. That fucked me up for like two weeks afterwards. I was just like, it shook me, man. It was horrible. Like he shoots him, doesn't he, with a hunting rifle. And it's just, you see it all. And it's just like, well, oh, man. one of the worst things about that film is that he actually keeps one of the boys' bodies, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. in a freezer. Yeah. And rigor, mor- rigor mortis is set in, but he, uh, he manipulates the boy's face. So he's smiling. That's horrible. I mean, and remember, what like, happens? What happens in the film is right. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, like, the camera doesn't focus on the boy, but when Matt Dillon's walking around this massive freezer, the boy's in the background of like horrible. loads of shots. So you just see this smiling dead boy in the background of like mm. the scene. It's just fucking. Can I just say that the bit, the worst bit, I, that bit is not that bit is not even as bad as the bit where the mother screams when they oh God, get yeah. shot. That is the worst ha- to this day, right? I can the worst scene of a film I've ever seen because it just fucked me up so much, man. Like I wasn't prepared for that. I was like, I turned the film off. I was like, I can't. I needed. I got to like give it like half an hour before I watched the rest. I was like, I can't. I, I can do this. <laughs> can I ask you a question? All right, a serious question now. In terms of like the stakes of a film, yeah. When I, and of course, I haven't got kids, right? So I can't relate like certainly Andrew and Evan can. But when I watch a film and a child dies or passes away for whatever reason, right? I, it makes me think, right, there's real stakes here. 
in this film that I'm watching. Do you boys think that way when you're watching it, or is it just too to much agree. to take in? And well, I tell you one, I tell you what, a good example of a film which does it, which which it works well for, is um, Switchblade Romance, the French horror film, because obviously they kill the they kill the, the the woman's younger brother, don't they? He was about yeah. twelve or something, and that does that makes you realise this film isn't fucking about. But it's more of a really high end thriller, so it's not as it's messed up and violent, but it's not like it doesn't dwell on it too much, like House of Jack built. No, I what I, my, my my intention was to the boys uh, who have children. D- does does that sort of thing happen in the film? It, happening in a film, does that heighten the sense that you or the the experience of watching the film? I think for me, it depends on the film and the and the, the story. So, for example, if I'm watching something like It and yeah. a child dies, right? It's, it's supernatural, it's horror. doesn't affect me at all. But when it's more real to life, mm. I th- that's a little bit... That's different. That's very different. So if you watch a yeah. film, and in this one, it's caught death, right? And, mm. you know, if you've got a baby in the house, regardless of what age, you're like, oh, my fucking word, I could walk in... Yeah, in the morning yeah. now, and they could be in that situation. Or if a child has cancer or something like that, that would hit me a hell of a lot more and make me sort of... I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd be less engaged in the film as such, or, but it definitely heightens the stakes for me. Yeah, that, that's... Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's when it's more true to life, I think, is the issue. Yes. If it's like a comedy or something, like South Park, they always kill the Kenny character. It's like, you know, yeah, well, but like, yeah, I, I get what you mean. It's like yeah. the realism. Yeah, I, think, I, yeah. I, 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 I just know when I'm watching something, and you know, there's almost like an unwritten rule in the majority of films, and that the kids they won't suffer or they won't die. I think, I think that's known, isn't it? I think we're aware of that. The other one is. Um, Dogs, isn't it? People can't stand watching films if a dog is killed and stuff. Well, I think that depends if you're prog or not. Well, how many, how many animals have we killed in the veil now? We do it all the time, don't we? Yeah. We've killed a dog, a cat, I think, <laughs> birds. There's another one coming up. No, no. Yeah, we're always killing some animal because it's yeah. funny for some reason. <laughs> the different thing with with the, the cot scene here is the slow camera around the corner. So it's... So, so, it's it's almost as if like you're like it's it's given the it's given the viewer a few seconds to of anticipate of anticipation and almost as you know as if you're there and you're going around the corner threatening you know. Yeah. But but also Ev, it's the fact you actually see the baby and in yeah. however many films out there would you not see the baby? It would just be implied, yeah. or maybe you saw it. But the blanket was over it, and it wasn't moving. This yeah. you see bloody everything of that baby. Yeah. It's kind of, I'd say it is a vital thing to see it because it it comes it comes back so well later when he's trying to get clean. You just see like all of the um, trauma from his days from being a junkie is kind of coming back in his come down and mm. his um what's the word in his detoxing or whatever it is when he's trying to like yeah he's called he's going cold turkey. Sorry, you know it, that's a big psychological factor isn't it but in the fact that you know the ptsd from seeing that baby so um kind of a good it's kind of it's horrible but i think it's worth putting in the film as a sort of like um, um a good i can't think of the word um like a good message i can't think of the word yeah, like, uh, yeah look I, I don't i wouldn't take cautionary it out. message yeah. sorry i i wouldn't take it out at all i think it's hard hitting and it it shows the film is gritty you know it is what it is it's first time you ever the first time you ever watched that film though that knocked you like a cut because I remember first time I ever watched it when I was a teenager I did not expect that to be in it I was like whoa I didn't expect it the other night that I bloody seen it however many times I don't, I never forget that baby bits it's just yeah. it whoa when you first ever see it so changes what have people got come on uh, do you know the where they do the drug deal mm. yeah it's a round bedroom. <laughs> Did you notice it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was in like a turret or something. 
Yeah, yeah it just it was just weird. Well, funnily enough, right? There used to be a building, um, or yeah, down not far from where Evan lives, um, S- S- Sully, and that used to be an old TB hospital. And in order to keep it clean, and because of the t- type of illness TB is, they, they it never had any corners, so all the edges to the room were were curved. I'm not saying the the rooms are round, but all the corners were curved, so the dust didn't gather there. Right. Interesting okay. fact for you, anyway. So you think that's what the hotel was doing? Oh, I, I am going to Scooby-Doo. No, <laughs> it's just a round room. It's, it is strange, though, because you, 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 you start to think, what's the outside of the building like looking like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing to do with that scene as well, did anyone notice that Keith Allen's tester for the drugs never came out of the toilet, never came out of the bathroom? These office, office tits mm-hmm. on smack yeah. in the bath, that's right. Well, I, in my head, I've got, like, this... And the movie plays out where he wakes up or comes to when Begbie's kicking off in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And Begbie, and he just like confronts Begbie and something happens between them. I love love Begbie's line just like with his his bit of Cockney rhyming song. Where Keith Allen goes, oh, it's nice. It's a pleasure doing business with you. And then Begbie goes, fucking brand new, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wrote down as well, and me and Adam did talk about this, is Renton pinches Tommy's sex tape, right? Mm. Which is bad, yeah? But he doesn't ever tell Tommy, even though he knows Tommy's going through shit or gets dumped by his missus, and he doesn't give the tape back. It's Tommy's downfall that he... Yeah. Um, is that sex tape? The fact he's lost it. I, well, I, I, I used to think it was just the sex tape why his girlfriend broke up with him. But apparently, in some of the dialogue, you find out it's not just that. It's why they have the it's why they have the Iggy Pop conversation as well. because he goes to the concert, and mm. and it's other things as well. But um, yeah, I just find it weird. The rent and like either a wouldn't own up to taking the tape. Or just take the tape back. Why would you keep the tape? Uh, maybe, maybe they were limited. This was, you know, before internet. They didn't have much um, pornographic material. I don't care how much porn you haven't got. You're not going to sit there re-watching your mate shagging, are you? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> not that bad. Come on, uh, anyone else got any changes? No, I don't really have any... I don't really have anything I'd change in the film, to be honest. I mean, like... um, It was just... I do ask, I think the film is quite likely lean because after watching the deleted scenes last night, you kind of think, oh, they cut all of the... I'm glad those scenes, as interesting as they may be, I'm glad they cut out and they think they, they were really wise in the edits of what to keep and what to show and they just presented a really well-made, pretty flawless movie, I reckon. I don't think there's anything you can really change in that. I, I sort of agree with that. Uh, I've, I've, I haven't got any. I've just got a couple, couple of little points. I like the little, little cameo by Irvin Welsh as well. Yeah. Um as Mikey Forrester. Um yeah, and there's it, yeah, the the cast as a whole, like Peter Mullen as well as the mother superior. Oh, Peter Mullen's such a good actor. Yeah. There, um, there's also another cameo in it, and it's is is it's his one and only film appearance ever. Annie Bull? No, the one and only Dale Wilton. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Rest yeah. in peace. Next time you hear the beep beep, think of the fun you could be having on Supermarket Sweep. I love that show. What was he doing? Show? Uh, he, did the, he did the lottery quiz show, didn't he? Oh, um, no, he had another big show, didn't he? Or daytime show as well as Supermarket Sweep. I can't remember what it was now. Was a point? Was it points win prizes or something? Oh, I, I can't believe I'm typing this into Google. If you ever, if you ever watch reruns of Supermarket Sweep, like on Challenge TV, what did you say, Ev? Points win prizes, I think, or something. No, pets win prizes. Pets win prizes. Yeah. Um, and yet- if you if you ever see reruns of Supermarket Sweep on Challenge, just marvel at Dale Winton's leather jackets. Oh yeah. Oh, they're amazing. Challenge TV is something I watch sometimes. In the when there's nothing else, I'll just chuck on and yeah. like. It's so interesting. Yeah, Dale Winton was sixty-two when he passed away. Yeah, he's quite young. I think he had, didn't he have cancer or something? No, he died of natural causes. Oh, was it? 
What's, what's natural causes at 62, though? Cancer. Oh, no, apparently, apparently it says you, a uh, spokesman for Scotland Yard said that the police were treating the death as unexplained, but did not believe it to be suspicious. So suicide, maybe? No, they would say suicide, wouldn't they? They said the death is unexplained. How interesting. What happened to Dale Winton? Listeners, does it, if anyone knows what happened to Dale Winton, let us know. <laughs> Hang on a minute, i got someone else here. No need to write in. The coroner concluded that Winton died of natural causes. This is back. That brings us back to fucking point one. Like, what is natural causes when you're 62? It's young. Uh, this is the worst topic to have with that. Just to discuss with Adam now, because he's just going to think he's died of natural causes at 35. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, you hang on a minute now. You haven't got to live with him. No, no. There's no answer for him. We we can't satisfy this hunger that he of knowledge <laughs> that he has. It, it, oh, even if you gave him an answer that meant he was in no danger, he would still think he was in some danger. Yeah. Um, Natural causes had just decom, you know, just decomposing somewhere in his own <laughs> bodily fluid that's over not funny. a long period of time. I laughed at that. Death is never funny, especially when it's Dale Winton. <laughs> how, right. dare, how dare you make light of it? Yeah. We are moving on. So, a couple yeah. of facts. You and no. Brenda, who played Spud, was originally um, Renton on stage before the film obviously was made. So he was a little bit peeved off that he didn't get um, Renton, but they softened it with um, with Spud. Um, everyone knows this, but the first twenty minutes of the film was redubbed in the US because American audiences were perceived to not be able to understand the Scottish accent. But sorry, quickly. What happens 20 minutes later when sudden, everyone suddenly turns Scottish? What no happens idea. then? <laughs> How's it watch the film like that? Like everyone's like American and all of a sudden they're fucking from Ireland. You're like, what's going on? Uh, I, I read that though, that it was redubbed, but with the same actors with less yeah. of an accent. Right. To see, okay. That's, that's how I've read that. Okay. The film, you probably know this as well, was shot in just seven and a half weeks. Hmm. Wow. 35 days, according to that. But then 35 days in seven and a half weeks. Well, you go weekends and days uh, on, you get, you get uh, three days. Yeah, okay, if they, don't work, if they don't work the weekend. Anyway. So I've got... Have you finished your facts? Sorry, but... i got two more. One more. Okay, the C word is used 18 times, and there's over 100 uses of the word fuck. What C word? Um, I can't say on it. <laughs> C-U-N-T. Count. 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 Uh, right, I've got something for you. I personally think that this is one of the all-time films. All-time greatest films? I think it's one of the all-time films, yeah. Yeah. But I want to know, would you have... I, I think it, it was deserving of uh, awards, right? So I'm just going to list the Academy Awards Best Picture... On that year, yeah. So ninety six, or would this have been ninety seven? No, it would have been ninety. Yeah, check the dates. It was released in February of ninety six, and the Academy Awards were March of ninety six. So it would have fallen under the ninety six banner. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to dispute the winner because I love the winner. It's Braveheart. Was Was Train Spotting up for an Oscar then? No. This is my point. I think it should have been. The other films nominated were Apollo 13. Good good film, I think. Babe. I'll do. Pig, I'll do. Pig film. Il Postino, The Postman. Boring. And while I do quite like this film, I don't know how it got Academy Awards nominations, Sense and Sensibility. I... Just read a really interesting fact on this as well. Well, on train spot then. Oasis were asked to contribute to the soundtrack, but Noel Gallagher declined as he thought the film was actually about train spotters in Scotland. <laughs> However, he did attend the launch party. Yeah, the launch party supposedly is quite infamous, isn't it? That they were like bloody well, loads of shit went down. Like they partied hard, let's put it that way. 
Mm. Yeah. They have heroin. Well, but you've got to think though, right? This is this is I would say this is the is this the peak of the Brit Brit pop and what's what's the story Britannia culture? Yeah, well, this is well, it's it's between. I only be, I always base this around albums, so you definitely maybe came out the year before, and the year after you the year after this you had what's the story Monogory, so it was no 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 definitely maybe it was ninety three ninety four and. What's a story was just before the film. All oh, right, sorry, I thought it was ninety five. Yeah. But the, but the um, year after, you did have Radiohead, OK Computer. Um, go, going back to Prog's question, I would have given it after watching it the other night. If you'd asked me before, I would have said, "Ah, brave art." After watching it, um, I think yeah, I think it should have at least been nominated. I think it's brilliant. I think we need to watch Brave Art again. It was. There was only one room for Scotland in that year's Oscars, and that went to Braveheart. And he went to an Aus- yeah, and he went to an Australian. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's do this quick. This podcast episode's gone on for fucking ages. Um, let's do what it quick. <laughs> yeah, we always try and keep under an hour. This this is going to be out. Would you recommend Ev? Yes. Prague. One hundred percent. Yes. Add- Yes, and it's a yes from me. It was I. I I would have been surprised if someone had said no. Anyway, so podcasts come out every Wednesday. Check us out on social media, and if you want us to do a film in the future, just let us know.